Welcome to the Originals Podcast, a place where we can have conversations relevant to the young adults community. Hello, Susie. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Hi from Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and Susie is my old boss, who I very much miss working for. Um, but We miss you more. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Stop flattering me. I'll get a big head. Um, but basically, she's done a range of really interesting things in her lifetime. And I just think it would be great to... Get to know you better and let everyone get to know you better as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> How about we start with our little small talk with D question, just uh-huh. so we can get warmed up. And now it's time for small talk with D, where I ask our guests a random question that they never would have thought of themselves. So, today's question for all of us is... If you could travel back in time to any decade, where would you go and why? So we just need to think about that. I have been thinking about it over the past few days because there's so many decades, obviously. We've Mm. lived, what, 2,000 years plus before that, so Mm. it's like there's a lot to choose from. I feel like sometime in the Egyptian era would be really Ah. cool for me personally. Wow. Yeah. I was like a sucker for that in primary school, all of the mummies, just to see what it was actually like and to see the vibrancy of all the temples and the buildings because now they're just brown. But when you look at how they used to be, they're actually full of colour. So we think of like you always see movies and it's all like desert, but like no, it was a vibrant city of like colours and all sorts of stuff. So I think that would be where I'd I was go. not thinking that at all. I was like purely <laughs> civilized eras. I was like, and then I was like, I don't feel like I know enough about history to know what I like about literally what era. <laughs> I know. I feel. I feel like twenties is pretty cliche. Like the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like party vibes and <laughs> sparkles and like grandeur mm-hmm. and all the glitter but that's stuff. based on a very limited knowledge of what was going on in the world <laughs> in the 1920s it's purely superficial <laughs> literally that like the, the great ex- outspeed yeah that is the extent of my knowledge i'm gonna just get out there and say that. how about you Susie? <laughs> um i actually think maybe the 50s oh yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, it's when Australia was sort of coming out, like they'd come out of the war periods, Mm -hmm. they'd come out of the really hard times, like things are really starting to move again. But it's when technology, as it is today, didn't exist. So I feel like communities were much more of a thing Mm. um, in in the traditional sort of sense of a community. And I feel like... um, like family time and that sort of thing was really wholesome in that time. Yeah, like I know cool. I have a really sort of ideal sort of <laughs> idea of it in my head, but I don't know, I feel like I could learn a lot from that. Yeah, totally. I feel like there's a lot yeah. to learn from every decade. Like yeah. obviously there is, but it's so interesting to see how far we've come and how far mm. we still have to go in all yeah. aspects, like culturally, just the difference between like the 80s to now, like the 80s was all fluoro and crazy hair and now mm. it's like, sleek and baggy pants and minimalist like it's yeah, completely true. different and then like socially as well like the women's movement really took off in the 70s whereas now it's you know we have a lot more than we did back then it's just like all these different mm. time periods which is really cool 
Yeah. It's cool to look back and see how far, how much yeah. things have changed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the dance YouTube clips of the different decades. Yes. That changes. That's really yes. cool. Yes. I'm a fashion. Yeah, I'm a yeah. sucker for the fashion ones too, or the hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They look awesome. All right. Recommendations for the week. Here are our OG recommendations for this week. Do you want to start this one, GK? I have had, for the first time ever when it comes to OG recommendations, a list of things that I want to recommend. That never happens normally. I don't know what I'm going to say until it comes out of my mouth. (laughs) But this week, it's a particular episode of a foodie series I've seen on Netflix. Really? I've I've worked my way through most, if not all, of the food shows. I love watching people cook. I love reading cookbooks. (laughs) But I'm not – I'm very average in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm about the same. Lots of fails, <laughs> but that's okay. I wouldn't say I'm not a bad cook. I'm just not great, but I like to watch shows. One particular episode, the Hog Island episode of um, The Chef Show with John Favreau. Oh, okay. Mm, real hmm. good. What's All it? about like oysters and oh, there's this one particular stuff. dish. They cook these fresh oysters that they've literally just got from the farm on mm. Hog Island <laughs> and they cook them on the barbecue like with this crazy spicy chili it's like not a good idea to watch it late at night because inevitably I'd make a trip to the kitchen (laughs) because I'm very hungry (laughs) hog island episode of the chef shows that's my recommendation okay how about you Susie have you got one that you think of recommendation Dana's um, stalling because I, she can't think. About it. <laughs> no, I've got one. Oh, I've got nice, one this week. Nice. And I actually do like a really practical, down-to-earth house recommendation. Yes, please. Because I have made like the biggest mistake that you should never make when it comes to doing your washing. Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. It's, and it's not the red red shirt in with the white socks thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I had to um, bleach something was white and I, you know, had a bleach in there and I'm like, okay, it's going really well. Mm-hmm. And then I like rinsed it all off and then I put the bucket into the washing machine and then I put it all through. Literally for the last about four or five months, I have been finding white bleach spots <gasps> over everything oh, that no. I put in that washing oh, machine. No. And I'm like, oh, so obviously I did not rinse off the bleach enough before I put oh. it into the washing machine. So my practical tip is... Rinse that bleach, guys. Oh, <laughs> no. it for months and months and months. Honestly, oh, that sucks. It, I've had so some bad. bleach problems before where I've gone to bleach something and then because there's been one spot on the floor that mm. I didn't realise was there, then you yeah. go back two hours later and you've got all these bleach spots on all of your clothes. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I even have bleach on my kitchen bench. I have no idea how it got there, but it's ba- it's bleached the wood. Oh, so no. Dear stay away from bleach. That's my tip. That That's is a good recommendation. That is a good recommendation. <laughs> a very practical one, which I yeah. always appreciate. Sorry. I'll file that away in the housewife file. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> my recommendation for this week is a TV show, so not quite as practical as yours, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's called The Queen's Gambit. And I've been recommending it to everyone. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's about a chess player, which doesn't sound very good, but it is awesome. Everything about it, the production quality, the storyline, the clothes, the like the soundtrack as well is just Mm. so beautifully done. It's a period piece set in like 50s and 60s about a woman who wants to become the world's like best chess player Mm. and it just follows her journey and 
It's awesome. I 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. All of the the recommendations. It's so good. Everyone I've told who's watched, who has watched it in the end has come back to me and said, yes, it was so good. Mm -hmm. I binged it in a night. There's only seven (laughs) episodes. They're like 40 to 50 minutes. It's easy. Mm. You can, you can get through it in an Mm. afternoon if you really, if you really try. Especially on a day like today, a bit dreary, a bit cold. A little bit chilly where we are at the moment. Mm. Alrighty, let's get into today's topic. All right, enough of just random chit chat. <laughs> so, everyone listening at home, Susie has done a range of things and probably didn't, like 20 years ago, didn't see herself where she is now. First of all, <laughs> I think you're the best person to share kind of just a little overview of your life because you lived it. So,. Do you want to just kind of share where you were, where you are now and how you got there? Yeah, sure. So I am, I call myself a West Aussie, but I was originally <laughs> from New South Wales. So um, yeah, um, sort of grew up though in Western Australia yeah. and I just, I always love sport and being tall, you know, yes. it's kind of one of those things that people channel you into. <laughs> Susie is, never really. Susie is over <laughs> six foot, just so everyone knows as well. She's a tall, beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gorgeous. Oh, guys, seriously. <laughs> now I'm the one with the big <laughs> Um Yeah, so it's just one of those things that you just get channeled into. And I never really had huge aspirations for it or anything mm. like that. But... I know I just, I got in there and I had some fun. I was playing with my mates and all of a sudden I started getting picked for, you know, local teams and then rep teams and then, you know, state talent identification. And yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like something that I fell into, Mm. but I know that I didn't just fall into it. Like I really believe that it was something that God planned for my life. And so... When I was 17 years old mm-hmm. and I'd literally just finished my final exams for grade 12 and I got accepted into the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra wow. for amazing. a scholarship there. So it was a full-time live-in sporting scholarship in Canberra wow. and my mum immediately said, no, you're not going. <laughs> and then 30 seconds turned around and said, no, it's the best opportunity Aww. you have to go. So. Yeah, so I picked myself up and I moved to Canberra and I played netball full time and it was such an incredible environment. Wow. Uh, You, you know, you lived with 12 other girls and you trained with them, you know, you ate with them, you did everything, but everything that you needed to be a professional sporting person or learn to be a professional sporting person was in that environment. So I took so much away from, I ended up being there for three years. Wow. my real professional career in netball started because um, I actually had a. Do you guys remember Stephen Bradbury from mm-hmm. the 2000? Yes. Olympics? Who so doesn't know? For Stephen. anyone who does not know, okay. So this guy <laughs> worked so hard. He was the um, so speed skater. Yeah. So I don't know what distance he was, but he got to the final. So he obviously worked really hard, and then. Last lap, every other person in front of him fell down mm. and he came through from behind yeah. to take the gold. But um, what, what happened for me is I tore my ACL um, playing for the Australian 21 and unders um, against Jamaica. And for me, that was a huge blow because I was supposed to be going to the World Youth Cup. It was going to be my first time like truly representing my country. Yeah. And instead I was out on the sidelines for nine months with rehab. Oh, and wow. 
And I was like, oh, where to from here? I basically missed my big opportunity. And I was like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've just got to put in nine months of really hard work. Yeah. So I kept on going. I did nine months of rehab, sat on the sidelines. I was actually the video camera girl. Like, oh, <laughs> like foreshadowing of the future. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it just so happened that the Opens National Coach was on campus at the time when I was doing my rehab and she saw all the work that I was doing and coming up to the 2006 Commonwealth Games in Melbourne, um, every other defender in Australia had an injury. Oh. So they... There was ACLs, there was um, all sorts, all sorts of knees, ankles, everything you can think of. And she's like, Susie, you're up, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's your shot, get out there, you're going to the Commonwealth Games. And this was literally, you know, at the final moment of my rehab, you know, this does not happen to anyone. Wow. Like, what an opportunity. Wow. So, yeah, so I got to go to the Commonwealth Games in 2006. Wow. And... I spent most of my time on the bench being a bit of a rookie, but got a real, a real taste of it, mm. I suppose you could say. And after that games, you know, everyone who was injured came back. So I got kicked out of the Aussie Diamonds oh. for a couple of years, oh. <laughs> but I got, I got a taste of it. And so I worked hard and I got back in and debuted in 2009 against the, against the Silver Ferns. Yeah. And yeah, kept on playing for Australia for about uh, about six or seven years. Wow! And I wow. retired in two thousand and thirteen. Wow. Yeah. So that's sort of my netball journey. That mm. I mean, I I studied and became a pharmacist while I was doing oh that. Oh my god! Um, in Western Australia. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh! So that, that was pretty full on, but. Um, in 2016, I met Dan, my husband now, <laughs> and we actually met online. It was a long distance relationship. So um, I used to fly over here every second week and he'd fly back there every yeah. second oh, week. Wow. And um, we, yeah, we met in January. We were engaged in June and got married in October. Oh, so it was really, really quick. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I moved to Brisbane when we got married. So here I am. And um, we own a business called Utour. So it's a tech company that does sort of virtual tours. And uh, since being married, that's just absolutely taken off. So the opportunities for Dan and I to have all our eggs in one basket and for us to both be working in that company is, is huge. Yeah. So I left left my job in pharmacy, which I, I really love. Oh, I love helping people and I loved ah oh, I just loved making a huge difference yeah. you know like having a customer come back and saying oh that thing you recommended it really changed something oh. but but um left that and now working with Dan and we have a little girl Elsie oh. so I get to look after her as well so <laughs> I just feel so blessed <laughs> but, she's so yeah, beautiful that's, that's my story yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> She's so cute. I she love is Elsie. so cute. Her <laughs> little cheeks are just to die for. So chubby and Aww. cute. We love babies. We definitely do. So as yeah. you've said, you've kind of had big points in your life that have all led mm. to something else and something new. With yeah. with netball, you said that it wasn't really something you thought you wanted to do, but then you fell into. And like you also said it wasn't just falling into you, obviously put in the hard work. Mm. What sort of training and like, like 
that you, did you have to do for that? Did you was it multiple days a week? Was there certain things you had to eat? What was the schedule like yeah. for that? Like how what sort of effort did you actually have to put in to get where you eventually got to? Yeah, I I can't tell you how full on it actually <laughs> wow. was because at netball in Australia, it's getting much better now, mm. but when I was playing, it was it was viewed as a professional sport, but there wasn't the money backing to behind behind yeah. it to support you. So basically you were playing and doing everything that a professional athlete does, mm. um, but you also had to work or study on, on the back as well. So we That's were trained uh, twice a day, six days a week. Wow. And usually we'd get our seventh day off, but more likely than not, it would be a travel day. So we'd have about, usually about five hours of training in any day and we'd be it'd be a variety of um so fitness court work gym work um you know and do boxing sessions all the time oh my <laughs> gosh. Actually, that was my favorite i loved that oh, that's cool. but um <laughs> yeah so we do that uh five hours a day and then the rest of the time you were either getting a job or you were studying or um, something else to support you because at that time netball netball wasn't going to do that's it that's insane so, yeah, so they, they definitely, um, we had dietitians on board, we had physios on board, you know, we had um, psychologists on board. So yeah. they really tried to tried to cover every single aspect of the, for, the sport that you could. You wanted your body to be well nourished, you wanted to be mentally fit and mentally ready because um, honestly, I think, well, definitely in sport, but absolutely in every aspect of life as well, you know, your mental game is just as important mm -hmm. as your physical game. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly think it's almost 90-10. I don't know if what the actual statistic people say mm. is, but trying to get your head in that right spot and learning to learning to overcome those constant mental battles. And it's just like the Bible says that we have to renew our minds. Yeah. You know? We have to constantly be focusing on what God says about us, on, on what he says we can do rather than what the devil is saying that we can't. Yeah. And, you know, on the netball court for me, that's something that I ridiculously struggled with mm. was continually feeling like I wasn't enough, continually wow. feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't and I shouldn't be there and why on earth did they pick me? Oh, so please. that was my constant, constant battle. But... Yeah, sorry, I've completely done No, it. no, this is good. This is what we want to hear. I'm so glad you said that. Wow. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I'm so thankful that they had those other other sort of help people and support people mm. on the side to work on those aspects of the game as well. Um, yeah, but I honestly think having just that security and knowing who I was in God and no matter what happened on the court, I knew my security and my... My everything was wrapped up in him, mm, so yeah. I could literally fall flat on my face on the court. <laughs> I did so many times. Oh, oh, I cannot tell you <laughs> how many times. <laughs> but I, I could walk away knowing, you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm. I have done the absolute best that I can, and I am secure in who I am wow. yeah. in, in Jesus. That's, so, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It almost sounds like they're a bit ahead of the game with like make like having psychologists on as a part of your training so to speak but it's like that yeah. sounds yeah. for how long ago that was not mm. that long but a few years back now when like mental health is very topical at the moment and yeah. quality mental health and getting help if you need it or whatever almost sounds yeah. like they were very forward thinking at that time <laughs> yeah cool. I feel like sport in a lot of ways has been has been more progressive in those sorts of yeah. things cool. I remember it 
you know, when I was even going through development years of fair while ago now, you know, they they had psychologists come on, you know, when I was 16, 17 wow. years old, trying to help you work on your head. And I mean, it's all stuff that you find, you find it in the Bible anyway, but they yeah. have to bring someone else in to tell you about it. Yeah, you know? right. So yeah, it is pretty cool. Well, you were alone in, um, like as a Christian in that realm, were you alone mm. in that as, as, not as well, but was, were there other Christians that you knew of on the team or anyone that you could connect with in that level within that space? Yeah, different teams were very different. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of my career I played for the, I played three years for Canberra mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I played seven years for the West Coast Fever wow. in, in Perth. Yep. And, and so while I was in Canberra, it was, that was really tough. I felt really, really alone in that mm. because there really wasn't anyone in my team. They knew who I was and they knew who I stood for, mm. but I was really young as well. Mm. You know, 17, living in a completely different yeah. state. Yeah. So I, I hooked in with a church in Canberra and I was so thankful for that. And I had a little small group there oh, and awesome. just some people behind me, you know, cheering for oh, me. Oh, yeah. so good. And really helping me to support, yeah. Um, while I was in Perth, um, Different years, very different because players come and go. Mm. But there was one stage where there was, where there was two of us who were who were Christians <laughs> on the team. So that was really awesome. You know, away trips we could get together and have some really good chats. Mm. But the year, just opportunities that came up to speak to different people about about Jesus and just to just to live your life, mm. how you live your life, mm. and do the best that you can to shine Him. You know, on and off the court. Yeah, and, that's awesome. You know, by the end of the year, there was five of us one year. Wow. So that was awesome. That oh, was a really, good. really, really great opportunity. So absolutely loved that group of girls. Oh, that's awesome. Girls. That's amazing. Yeah. So with your Christian faith and that area, were you connected with a church when you lived in Perth as well? Like how long, how has that, how has your Christian faith developed alongside your career, I guess? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I getcha, yeah. Um, whatever city I found myself in, I've always, always connected in with a church. So um, in almost every state wow. now, I've got like yeah. a church that's almost like my home base, oh, if you know what I mean, when, I, when I'm in that state. Um, and, and I think that that's really important, even now for Dan and I, because we travel a lot mm. with, the, with the work that we do and, and the filming that Dan does. Um, making sure it's hard with COVID at the moment yeah. in the different states area and a lot of churches aren't open in Sydney at the moment but just being able to hook in and being able to have that that grounding you know it's so important that we have people around us because mm. otherwise I can imagine like when I was playing netball it would have been really really lonely yeah and um, particularly when I was playing for Australia um, because the, the pressure oh the pressure on an athlete to perform when you're at the top level yeah. is is huge you know you I remember the management of Netball Australia you know telling us that you know if you get silver you might as well have lost the whole thing like wow. silver is not good enough it's it's you come home with gold or you don't come home at all oh and, and I can't I can't say that we we came home with gold every time but I mean that's also the mentality you had to have as an athlete yeah. because if you had the expectation that oh you know we can just we can just get silver that's okay no you want to win yeah, but right. the pressure that is actually on you to perform mm. is huge the pressure from you know the pressure from your coach the pressure that you don't want to let down your teammates you know the pressure that you've got uh, Australia cheering for you you know the pressure yeah. of 
the pressure of you can go home and if you, I chose my entire career, I told myself I would not read newspaper articles, I would not read blogs, I wouldn't go on forums because I just didn't want to know what people were saying yeah. because if you read some of the stuff that they say, they don't know what happens behind the scenes mm. and it can either really build you up and give you an incredibly large head or it will completely shatter you yeah. and it'll take you a good few games to to get your head in the right space, wow. to be able to actually compete and actually perform again. Yeah. So I have forgotten what your question was. No, Sorry, no, 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 that was, that was good. Um, oh, being, no, being connected in, in different ways. Yeah, so it was so important for me to actually have that, have those people around me. And I'm so thankful as well. Now, I didn't know Dan in this time, mm. but um, my parents are incredibly strong Christians and I am so thankful for that because I could get on the phone and they would encourage me, you know, yeah. when I couldn't have people around mm -hmm. me. And they are people who constantly pointed me back to Jesus yeah. and constantly, constantly just prayed with me and just uplifted me. And I am so thankful for that because I, I don't think I would have been able to get through just with that. When you're feeling that amount of pressure and you just feel like you're going to crack, just knowing that someone's praying for you mm -hmm. and knowing that you have God there with you, yeah. no matter what, is just huge. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, along the s similar kind of lines, you said that, you know, obviously you're traveling a lot and it can be quite isolating. How, mm. how did you explain that to, I guess, your friend back home when you said, I'm going to move to Canberra, I'm going to go follow my dreams. What, what was that experience like? Because oftentimes I feel the, the life path that so many think they have to live is you stay, you stay where your parents grew up, you Build, yeah. You build your life there, you get a house, you make a family, do these, these things, but that's not for everyone. What was, what was it like for you making a decision to step outside of that sort of world, I guess? Yeah, it was it was pretty challenging because I am Dan will tell you every time we go away, you know, I, I'm a homebody. Yeah. <laughs> like I love being home. I love having family around me. Yeah. I, I just love it. And I remember when I made that decision to first move away from home um, and move to Canberra on that scholarship. Um, I was praying about it and with my parents and they just brought up this verse and they were like, no, nah, everyone, I, I cannot remember where it is. That is so bad now. But like, no, it, it goes something like that. Everyone who, who gives up family, who gives up, you know, all these sorts of different things for what God wants them to do, he will bring that back. He will repay them. Yeah. He will, you know, multiply that back to them. And I'm going to have to look that up and tell you guys <laughs> exactly where it is and exactly what the verse is. But I have seen God do that a million times for me. Yeah. So I can honestly say that if you feel like God is telling you, you need to move, you need to go, yeah. go. Because I know that I never would have been happy if I just stayed in my hometown. Yeah, yeah it would have been a, a good life, but was it was it where, what God wanted me to do? Was it where he wanted me to be? Were there other things that he wanted me to achieve? Mm, and yeah. I really feel like that, you know, that particular verse, it keeps coming back to me because I did actually get the opportunity to move back home. Mm. Um, yeah. Once I retired from netball, I spent four years sort of from retiring from netball to meeting Dan, I spent four years back in my hometown. Yeah. And it was so incredible. <laughs> like, I absolutely loved that time and the friends around me and that sort of thing. But as well as that moving to Brisbane, um, just the friendship base support network there and the family that surrounded me from Dan's family has, has been amazing. Aww. So 
I think whatever, whatever you give up, whatever you feel like you're moving away from, God is always going to multiply it back to mm, you. Like yeah. he's, he's not going to let you miss out. He's not going to, yeah, he's not going to leave you. No. <laughs> you know, he, he's got your back. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, an exciting adventure yeah. too. Yeah, literally. It's, yeah. Well, then on that, how, where, where did you travel to? Where did you get to go? Just some of the fun things. Like what was, oh, what's, well. <laughs> like, what's one of your favorite experiences? Uh, you know what? We got to go so many places, mm. but I never got to see anything. Oh. <laughs> it's the funny thing. It's a bit like um, it's like people say, you know, traveling for work. Oh, that's so exotic. It must be amazing. It's like you don't see anything. No. <laughs> I, I have seen, I've definitely gone through the list of places and I'm like, I want to go back there. Yeah. Like I want to explore that <laughs> because I mean, we got to go to um, played a lot in Jamaica. Oh, wow. um, we went to we went to the US. We did um, so I did the Delhi Commonwealth Games mm-hmm. in 2010. Oh um, did the World Championships in Singapore in 2011, and so we did KL and we did England and wow. New Zealand and yeah. So well, got to go all over the place. But yeah, so many bits and pieces. I'm like, I would love to go back there. <laughs> yeah. So at, at least I've crossed some off. Um, as to yet yeah, not worth it, but yeah, yeah, so I'd really, I'd really love to travel and see some things. Mm-hmm. One day. <laughs> Once the world opens up again and we can see it all, yeah. oh, that's dear. right. Yeah, that's right. Susie, I have been someone who I went to uni straight out of school, didn't last very long, but since the day that I deferred, which was over ten years ago, I've or I felt a bit of a sting of regret, like that was probably the time to have just kicked that course in the butt, got it over with, because now being married, working as much as I can with two kids. It Mm. feels like I'm further away from ever accomplishing that than I have ever been. And the thought of how hard it's going to be to actually get that done when I decide to do it Mm. is so daunting. It almost scares me. Yeah. What did it look like when you were full-time in netball and doing your pharmacy degree? What, how did you juggle it? How, what did your it, it sounds like you wouldn't have slept just to get all that done. Like how? I Yeah, I think about that all the time. And I honestly believe that it was God's strength getting me through. Wow. Like yeah. I, I have no idea how I managed to get it all meshed together. And the only answer that I have is that it was where God wanted me to be. Mm. And so he aligned all the pieces mm, and, yeah. and made it happen. And it definitely wasn't easy. Gosh. Um, mm. So for a bit of perspective, a pharmacy degree contact hours is about 36 hours a week. Oh, oh my campus. gosh. And then you're training your five hours a day and then you're working in a pharmacy as well on top of that. So It's almost like that doesn't um, add up. Like you're in negative <laughs> hours in your week. It, it was full on. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I think back and I think, would I have changed it? And I'm like... Well, I would have been at, had all this extra time. I would have had more family time. Mm. I would have had more friendship time and that sort of thing. But on the flip side, I look back and I'm like, no, I really think God almost, God gave me the strength for that period because that's where he wanted me and that's the time frame that he wanted me to do it in. Mm. And if I didn't do what I did then, then basically coming out the end with a pharmacy degree, I was able to work and earn and save a bit of money, which was the money that Dan and I used to start our business. And without that, we wouldn't be where we were today. So I can definitely see that the time frame that everything happened with was where God wanted me and what he wanted me to do. But um, 
I, I honestly believe that whatever it is, if it's something that you're meant to do, God will give you the strength. Yeah. Like, what's the verse that he says? He'll, he'll never give us more than we can bear. Like, yeah. He's not going to, you know, if it's where he wants you to be, then I honestly believe that he'll give you the hours in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just oh, taking that leap, I guess. Going for it. And tackling yeah. the concept Go of hard work, what yeah. hard work really means. And, yeah. you know, you're yeah. building something building something of worth as a wise man always says yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah but it's also different for you with little ones around mm. the house as well because that's so important yeah and building that family is yes so important, if you so. feel very torn but mm. you know yeah we'll see what happens yeah. Yeah. watch this space yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then obviously you said you retired so you're not playing netball now what led to that i get blah blah blah, blah. Let me start again. So <laughs> what led to you moving away from netball? And then mm-hmm. what did, like you said, you, there was like four years before you met Dan. What was the interim yeah. like? How did you feel during that time? What was your yeah. mental state? And also just how did you use what you learned in your time playing netball to yeah. just put into life, I guess? Mm. Yeah. Um, I am one of those people that when I decide I'm doing something – I am so incredibly stubborn and I will just continue pushing until that thing is done. So with me, with netball, um, so I mentioned that I tore my ACL Mm. right back at the beginning of my career and throughout my career, I had, I had seven surgeries on on my knee. So it was something that I constantly, constantly battled with and so in 2000, end of 2012, beginning 2013, I went for my, it was almost becoming like an annual sort of thing. I'd go in for my clean up in my knee and in the off season, I'd do all my rehab oh my and gosh. every year, you know, I'd come back and then I'd be ready for the preseason and go again. Oh but um, this off season, uh, just before I retired, I feel like I did the best rehab I ever did. <laughs> and it, it was amazing. And I got back and it just was not working right. Yeah. Like it just... It was just not okay. Um, I, and I had in my head, I'm like, never in my head would I thought I would retire because I'm, as I said, I'm one of those people. I just push and push and push. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not giving up. And I never wanted to be forced out of the sport. I wanted to retire when I was ready to retire. Yeah. But it was, so six months before that, I was in church and it was actually, it was in praise and worship and I was just praising. And there's a couple of moments in my life where I can say that I really feel like I heard God speaking to wow. me. Yeah. And in, in the worship, I was just worshiping and God said to me, you know, get ready for change. Yeah. You know, oh my goodness. Big things are coming. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'd had a couple of pretty bad years and you know it hasn't been my best couple of seasons the previous two seasons so in my head I was like oh great God's telling me it's coming back I'm getting into it yeah. and then I went into the pre-season and it all just fell apart oh, and I was just I was absolutely distraught because I was like well I'm not retiring because that's just not what you do mm-hmm. you know and I know I'm where God wants me to be so I'm just I'm not going to move on from this place until I'm told to move on so yeah. I just kept on pushing and pushing and pushing and then I was I was just at home at my parents' place, actually, and I was just talking to my dad, and all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was just saying, hey, Susie, it's time to retire. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow. And the thing is, it wasn't even, it wasn't even me who said that. It, like, I, it wasn't a thought that was going through my head. Wow. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. It just all of a sudden came out and almost 
hit me for six, you know mm. what I mean? It's like, whoa, hang on a second, this was not on the playing cards, mm. you know? I've just signed a contract, you know, I'm hooked in for another year playing for Perth, you know, I can't, I can't just get out of that, I've got to keep on going. And then I sort of, as you do, when you're not comfortable with something, you just let it sit mm. and you sort of push it to the side and you're yeah. like, you know what, I just... I could not deal with that. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I was just in my home in Perth. I was just getting ready for training. And, you know, I was just so torn up about the... I, I didn't want injury to be the reason that I retired. Yeah. I wanted to retire because that's what God wanted me to do. And then I so clearly heard him say, when I wasn't even thinking about it, hey, Susan, it's okay. It's time to go. Yeah. So I was like wow, okay. And that was just the moment that I knew, okay, it wasn't because of injury. It wasn't because of anything. Mm. Six months ago in church, in praise and worship, God was actually telling me that get ready because it's time to move on. You know, it's time for change. So yeah, that was challenging telling my coach, (laughs) you know, halfway through the, halfway through the free season. But I think, I think everyone actually saw it coming because they saw everything I was going through. So yeah, so they actually took it really well. Oh. And yeah, I'm so, so thankful for the years that I had there. But yeah, then I decided to move back home because, you know, I had, you know, I'd finished my pharmacy degree. And so I, I went back home and got a job as an intern pharmacist at that point and just started working. But it was four years. And I honestly thought in my head, I was like, oh, great. I've retired from netball, you know. Obviously, God's going to bring my husband along for the next six months <laughs> because it's like I haven't had time until now, but it's like, hey, I'm free. <laughs> come and find me, Mr. Wright. But um, <laughs> um, he didn't come. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, wow, not on my time schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was four years before Dan came on the scene and I was living at home um, and I was working as a pharmacist, um, but I really feel like God used those four years to really grow me and to teach me patience yeah. and honestly to teach me how to be settled and plugged into a church. Yeah. Because like I said, I had different churches in each state that I would attend mm. and was sort of my home church in that, in that state. But Honestly, I was never there. Like my home church in Perth, I was there, you know, one week out of four sort of thing. And even when I was, I was running off to training afterwards or I was running off to work afterwards Mm. or whatever I needed to do. So I never had the opportunity to actually plug in. Mm. But those four years in Bunbury um, in my hometown, I had the opportunity to really dig my feet in you know I was able to be I was one of the youth leaders there and just was able to journey with a whole group of you know year 11 and 12 girls for a good few years and just uh, learning to be settled again Mm. learning to be a friend again learning to be to be there you know to not be that flighty one who's like I'm sorry I can't tell you if I am going to be there or I'm not because Mm. all this sort of stuff is happening but God was actually teaching me to be patient yeah. and teaching me to be committed and teaching me how to how to be settled in one place again. So I'm actually so thankful mm. for those years that God made me wait because I feel like without them I wouldn't have I wouldn't have learned how to make those connections yeah. again. Mm. And it really really been hard because while you are an elite athlete, your team is your family. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to have friendships outside of that. So learning to just be settled and be a friend yeah. and to be part and committed to a church again was was huge for me. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you say that that 
time period made you learn about commitment? Because I think when people think of athletes, they think athletes are fully committed to mm-hmm. their to their sport, mm-hmm. to this, to that. But yeah, back to their sport and only yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah. what it's allowed you was that time to expand how you see others and friendships yeah. and relationships and grow those. And I have worked with you and have been your friend for a while. And there's no doubt in my mind that you are very committed in your relationships and in your friendships and that you oh, bring light you. to everyone you touch, honestly. Just, <laughs> oh, you're so lovely. You. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, blushing. <laughs> so then now you're doing something completely different to sport. You're working in media <laughs> yeah. and tech. Mm-hmm. Didn't see yourself there? <laughs> no, no. I have this sort of running joke that I try something completely new every single decade. <laughs> How exciting. So going from elite athlete to pharmacist to tech mm. entrepreneur, like I'm, like, I'm like, what even is that? Um, hey, let, let's be completely honest here and say that Dan is the tech guru. Um, I don't... I don't even know how to work my phone. Um, Dan um, set everything up here for me today so that you guys could actually hear oh, me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I'm the one who, Dan's the one who is the tech person, who is the creative person, who has the business mind and all that sort of thing. And I support him and keep him organized and keep him on time <laughs> and keep things running. So, Match made in heaven. Yeah, we, yeah, it is. Exactly. It works really well. But no, never in my wildest dreams would I think I'd end up in a tech company. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like in this, because it is so different, what was it like making that jump and making that leap into a new field? Mm. Yeah, I feel like every time there's been like a really big change and a really big shift in my life, um, the only way I can can describe it is I feel like God ruffles my feathers. Mm -hmm. Like a, a a couple of months before, or even like I was saying, six months beforehand, God started preparing me when I retired from netball. But every time there's a period of time before a big change where all of a sudden I feel like my feathers are being ruffled. I just start feeling really unsettled. I start not being okay with where I am. Are you guys still there? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'll keep going. It's there so we go. Good. Low so power like, mode. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, f- I feel like God is literally ruffling my feathers. So like when I, when I retired from netball, you know, there was that period of time where, you know, things just weren't working. The last couple of seasons weren't that great. And then God started speaking to me and preparing me for change, even though I didn't know what that change was. Wow. And it was really similar when I was... Um, yeah, the other example when I'm going was going into tech and leaving pharmacy. You know, I was, um, I had an incredible job in pharmacy in Western Australia. Like, I absolutely loved the people that I was with. Um, I was more of a consulting pharmacist, so I did um, one-on-one consults and helped people with their with their medical conditions and getting off the medications and helping with lifestyle changes wow. and helping them helping them to manage their condition better rather than handing out the medications. But once I moved to Queensland, that's not the sort of job that was 
available yeah. for someone who just came in. So um, I really wasn't enjoying work. It was just wow. to tell you the honest truth, I was going to work every day, just dreading it. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't like this. This isn't what I signed up for. And I, I really feel like that was God ruffling my feathers again, because if I had have walked straight into another job that was exactly the same as the one that I had when I was in my hometown, mm. um, then I would have been loving what I was doing. Mm. And I was like, no, Dan, I'm not leaving. <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah, so I, I feel like God was ruffling my feathers again and preparing me for that next big change. And it still wasn't easy. Mm. You know, I walked out from... Um, you know, managing part of a pharmacy coming into, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Mm. I am completely reliant on Dan for what I'm going to be doing from day to day. But it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Just, yeah, there's uh, absolutely no looking back. <sighs> things, are, things are booming. There's challenges every single day. But um, as well as that, I actually really love working with my husband, mm. working with Dan, you know, being in partnership, you know, it's, I know a lot of people say, you know, how on earth do you do it? But I think, you know, be together all the time. But I feel like it's just because we have such different strengths mm. and such different things that we bring to the table that it's not like we're stepping on each other's feet because um, God's made us completely different to complement each other. And yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that we get to work day in, day out and support each other in, in what we do in, in life in general, but also in our careers. So, oh, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. awesome. I think it's <laughs> so. from an outside perspective when people hear like someone joining like another family member's business, it's like, oh, are you giving up yourself for that? But that's not the case at all. It's about mm. learning to grow and develop no. something together and build something together which is what a marriage is about and is what family is about and yeah hearing you say like this is something that you each have different strengths mm. which help your business but also build your relationship it's awesome like mm. it yeah. really shows you that sometimes what you think is the case is definitely not the case at all and how special too that like you know firsthand what the challenges are you know, on yeah. a rough day, mm. you know why it's been a rough day and therefore how to lift each other Support up. Each yeah, other for sure. That. Like whereas yeah. most people, you know, mm -hmm. if your partner's in a completely different field or even a family member, like you can't relate in the same way, mm -hmm. but how special to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. Dan was actually, he says when he was praying for a wife, he was like, God, I'd really love for my future wife to work with me in the same um, He comes from a family where that's been the thing. His grandparents work together. They're in the nursery business. Yeah. So his grandparents Aww. work together. His parents work together. And he's seen that his whole life. And he's like, God, I'd, I'd really love that. Oh, so that's so He nice. met me. When he met me and I was a pharmacist, he was like, no, she's the right one. That's okay. Oh, you know, I'll give that one up. And little did you know, six months later, I'm working for him. Oh. So, yeah. God ticked that one. Oh, that's awesome. How good is he? Yeah. Next minute, little Elsie yeah. will be tapping away at the yeah. keys. Oh, and <laughs> oh, yeah, literally sooner than we think. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Such well, a sweetie. It's been a pleasure to talk with you today, Susie, and to learn more about your story myself but also to share your story with others yeah it's been it's been really nice anyone who knows you Susie you're like a big warm hug you're like literally you're just sunshine you're, you've not stopped smiling this whole time we've been talking it's so beautiful you're such a beautiful person inside and out it's obvious yeah. 
And we thanks so much. Oh guys. no worries. Been fun. Cheers. And we really <laughs> hope that everyone at home who's listening that you've been able to take something away from today and learn about what commitment means, yeah. learn about what it is to work for something, but also yeah. what it means to step out of your comfort zone and to do something that's outside of the norm and take the risk. And take the risk. Mm-hmm. It's important to trust God the whole way. Yeah. yeah. And it works. Mm, it, it's right. worked for Susie. It can work for you too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later and keep an ear out for everything that's going on and check out our socials because that's where we have all of our updates and wow. we've got some exciting things on the way. So we'll see you all later. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about our community, check us out on